Welcome everyone to Talking Fishing, another, well, would you say a spring weekend? Uh, the cold change has come through. We're going to get tastes of this wintry type weather uh, and then we're going to get tastes of spring weather as I welcome Adam Ring to the microphone. Adam, it's a frustrating time of year, isn't it? It is a frustrating time of year. We look forward to spring, obviously after a long winter, but it's frustrating. It's warm one day, it's cold the next. It's typically quite windy and we get some rainstorms in amongst all that as well. So classic Melbourne and a classic spring. But Dave, I've seen through average weather this week, I've seen yep. reports of barrel tuna. I've seen reports of trout after a successful trout opening last weekend. I've seen calamari all over Facebook. Even with this insane weather that we're getting and unpredictable weather, the fishing's still pretty good. Isn't it amazing? And uh, I was talking to Don Newman uh, just a couple of days ago uh, on the shorelines of Western Port. He's on the committee of the Western Port Angling Club. And I said, many boats going out this week? And he said, only big ones. Everybody is on the barrel tuna. And the funny thing is, Adam, we're seeing fish down to, I say down to, down to 80 kilos. What a different year class. And then, of course, well into the hundreds and, um, oh, sorry, into the, the 100 plus. And, you know, so that 80 kilo, that's, a, it's a, that's an unusual year class. The fish are also quite close in out through the western entrance. So, gee, we've got some good fishing on our doorstep. Yeah, we have some amazing fishing because those fish that have seemed to hang around out the front of Western Port are in really close. But 80, 80 kilos is such a weird size. And I, and I don't know why. I've got no explanation. I've got no theory on why that may be. But it's been something that's been quite common throughout Victoria over the last 15 plus years. The fish are either 20 kilos or they're 100 we get these tiny pockets of 30 and 70s and 80s, but we just don't see that many, Dave. You got any theories on why we don't see those mid-class fish that often? I, I don't know. No, I, I don't know. And I'd love to know the age of those fish. Like, What's the difference in age between, say, an 80 to 110 to, say, 130? Is it years? Is it only one year? Like, I have no idea, but it, it's exciting to see a range. Yeah, it is. And I think... You can't help but see that and think the future is pretty well set for these big fish. We've seen them over the last oh, quite a few years now. This isn't a new thing anymore. We set the calendar and we wait for these big fish turn up. I don't care what size they are, Dave. It's As long as we have a bluefin fisher in, uh, in the doorstep of Port Phillip Bay and Western Port, I think we're winning. Uh, the other news on the Southern Bluefin tune, I don't know if you saw the post during the week uh, on social media, but a 178 kilo southern bluefin tuna caught off Jarvis Bay, like, uh, and that was caught in 40 meters of water. That is that is just incredible. That size of fish. Generally, you would have said the smaller southern bluefin tuna, that they do head up towards Bermagui. You don't hear a lot more southern bluefin further than Bermagui. You certainly get into yellowfin territory there, but a 178 kilo southern bluefin tuna it is absolutely amazing and uh that's a year class of its own i think it is and that's that's a, even a stranger story that it was in 40 meters of water generally if we hear those big bluefin on the south coast of new south wales they're generally almost out of trailer boat range 
they tend to sit quite far out. But 40 metres yeah. of water for a fish of that size, it's incredible. That's incredible. You're right. You usually see the, the, the commercial catch coming in. So now all we've talked about is tuna so far, <laughs> and it is so exciting. I haven't mentioned the Saints play today. I know we're not going to talk about football too much, but gee, I want to get in my car right now and head to the MCG. It's going to be a big game this afternoon. Uh, the Saints are in the finals, let alone a lot of other teams. But we're not going to talk about that this morning. Uh, Zach Cross coming up very shortly. We're going to see what he knows about the barrel season that's out the front. Brett Geddes, of course. Uh, he's going to talk Gippsland. Adam, talking fishing TV. Now, we did retire it in December. We've been nominated for an antenna award. That's the equivalent of the Logies uh, for com- for, for uh, community TV. So we're nominated as a finalist. We're up against another finalist. And the host of that show is joining us later on the program this morning. Won't tell you who yet. And then, of course, we'll finish out the hour with Luke and Netta, a commercial fisher down a corner inlet. All that coming up on Talking Fishing. Jarvis Walker's new Water Snake Geospot GPS bow mount electric motor turns Aussie trailer boats into fishing weapons. The 12-volt system with GPS lock, remote control and save tracks function is second to none. Check them out at watersnake.com.au. Marine safety regulations have changed. There are new rules for boaters in Victoria, including new alternatives to pyrotechnic flares for boaters on enclosed waters. New minimum requirements for marine radios. This means 27 megahertz radios are not accepted on coastal waters. In situations where children are always required to wear life jackets, the age limit has changed from under 10 years old to under 12 years old. Boating with children under 12 years old is now considered to be boating alone. Changes to rules around passengers being on board when fueling vessels. Marine licenses can now be issued for either one or five years. And only life jackets that meet Australian standards can be worn from the 1st of July 2028. See all the changes at transportsafety.vic.gov.au. Welcome back to Talking Fishing. David Kramer and Adam Ring with you for the rest of the hour. As always, at this time in the morning, we head down to Queenscliff. Zach Cross is the captain of cross-country fishing charters. He's a Saints supporter. It's a big day for the Saints, but it's a very good morning to you, Zach. Good morning, lads. How are you going? We're going well, mate. Now, we are. We opened the segment this morning with talk of barrels out of Western Port, and we've seen quite a few. We were just saying then that, you know, 80 kilos is a different year class. You don't see them that often. And then, of course, ranging into the 100 plus. Uh, anything out of Port Phillip this week? Um, now, most of the reports have been um, up off the other entrance, um, there hasn't been too many head out off the heads that we've sort of spoken to, but we just picked the boat up yesterday and we're putting it back in the water um, today for our first charter um, of the season tomorrow being Sunday. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably, we'll venture out throughout the week uh, next week. I think Tuesday we've got a an offshore day. It looks nice and um, and we'll definitely have a good look out there for them. Zach, this is one of the most fascinating things to me about this bluefin bite that we get in Victoria. Very rarely do we see a hot bite of barrel tuna off both Port Phillip heads and the entrances to Western Port at the same time. And we've sort of seen the same this past week. All the talk has been about fish sitting in close off the Western entrance of Western Port, but we haven't heard many people talking about Port Phillip. Is it a fact that we're very reactive these days as as fishermen. We've heard the fish are there, so majority of the boats are going there. Or do, do, for some reason, do these two bays react differently in holding bait ultimately where the fish are going to sit as well? I think it's it's probably a bit of both. There is a lot of reactive 
people that will go fishing that they hear a report and then they'll flood that area. But in saying that, it is two completely different waterways. Um, not that, don't get me wrong, I'm no expert of the Western Port entrance, but it's it's a completely different size heads. There's different tides, um, obviously different passages of water that sit outside it. So, yeah, there would be different water temps. There'd be different currents. There'd be so many different factors. But that the, the last year, that probably has really held some good fish, school fish, um, barrel, bluefin, tuna. Um, and it's it definitely is like once people hear that, and especially like a lot of the Melburnians, they sort of travel down and it is quite accessible for them to go out that entrance. But obviously for us here, it is a fair hike, and especially if they are getting them sort of in the entrance, but then they are sort of having to, to head east from there. So therefore that just puts even further on our trip to get there. So it sort of puts it a little bit out of reach for us. I know many anglers are calling for a big boating facility either at Flinders or Shoreham or somewhere down there because it's a long run from Stony Point to uh, to where the fish are, depending on how far offshore they are, obviously. But I only went out the western entrance, would you believe, for the first time in my life in January this year uh, with old Don Newman. And it is, it, you know, um, Zach, I mean, you know, you, you go out there a lot more than me, but I certainly frequent Port Phillip Heads. It is a completely different water and you get out there and it's almost like you're in a different part of the world to fishing offshore from the Port Phillip Heads. It's it's very unique. It actually is. You're right. And I know I haven't fished it much, but um, the times we have, I've thought the exact same. And just the, the coastline there too. Obviously, the further you get round off our coastline out, so do you, you've got more sort of your cliff faces and stuff like that, the further mm-hmm. past sort of bells and the further round, it's co- sort of completely different again. But along that coast up there off the shank and off the western entrance, it actually, it's quite spectacular. And there's there's some amazing waterways there. It, it obviously still needs to be treated no different to our heads, yeah, whether it, yeah. it might be as dangerous, but it's, it's still an entrance. But um yeah, there's some amazing passages of water and some some amazing fish have been uh, pulled out of there, that's for sure. And the scenery, I mean, you don't get to see that scenery from land. You only get to see it from the water and it is an amazing place. Hey, let's uh, talk about inside the bay. The water temperature, gee, it's a bit slow on the up uh, rise. I reckon I've been keeping an eye on the charts and gee, I would have loved to, you know, to see a 15 by now, but it doesn't look as if that's happened. Uh, what does that I'm mean? Not... For the, you know, it, it's just... Like, like I think it went pretty quickly from sort of 11, 12, 13. Uh, and, and we had, you know, 14.1 at Point Lonsdale two weekends ago. But it's just like it's stalled. What's that going to mean for the calamari, for the snapper? I think it did. It teased us. Everyone was talking about it. and We were talking about it for a few programs. But um, it did. It 100% has. So it's like pulled the handbrake on. Um, and then throughout the week, like we, we had some say last weekend was amazing weather then look at some of the some of the weather we got the last few days was absolutely horrendous it's it's still a bit sort of i know it just needs to sort of level itself out and hopefully then it can sort of keep progressing and we can start getting that um that temperature up a little bit yeah absolutely i think we've got good times ahead uh you got the boat back in the water if people want to get hold of you and jump on a charter what do they do yeah just uh jump online on crosscountryfishing.com.au uh, or give me a call or a message on 04177 Zach Cross, he is the captain of Cross Country Fishing Charters. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, lads, and go Sainers!
Okay, the same. Adam, uh, let's just talk a little bit local. Um, we got a westerly today, and to me that says, you know, early season, potentially snapper off Mount Martha Rocks and Mornington Pier. And I think we will see, although they'll have their beanies and uh, scarves and duffel coats on today, but certainly we may see some land-based snapper fishing. You know, when we generally do get those westerlies leading into snapper season, it can be pretty good down those areas. Yeah, it's a great call, Dave. And and I must admit, I've been a bit of a victim of the tuna goggles at the moment with everything going mm. on offshore, but you are 100% right. I think the second we start to see snapper come in from Western Port, which we've already seen, we do see the land-based guys on the peninsula from Mornington through to Mount Martha start getting fish off the rocks too. It does need to be rough though. That's definitely where you get your best chance. So please, if you're thinking of doing it, be unbelievably careful wear life jackets on the rocks. It's not silly. It's actually quite smart and it's very safe. But Dave, the fish can be so good off those rock walls and we are going to get westerlies. It is going to pound the rocks and that's the best time to get a land-based snapper. And we are at the start of it right now. I would 100% be looking for it. Well, they've started in Western Port. We're seeing more and more photos every day. It's fishable. So the other thing that fascinates me, Port Phillip, uh, I didn't fish last weekend. Uh, but my good friend Michael did. And again, he caught quite a few arrowhead squid, which I'd caught the weekend before. There is a plague down the southern end, particularly off Sorrento, Portsy, of arrowhead squid. And they're not small. Like they're, you know, 40, 50 centimetre. They're big. They're aggressive. <laughs> and, uh, well, according to my son, because I gave them all to him to eat, he reckons they're beautiful. Well, the, the arrow squid in the bay itself is not unusual, but it's kind of an unusual capture. I know that doesn't make much sense, but Dave, what does that typically mean for those arrows to be sitting off Portsy? Does it mean we've got a cold patch of water sitting over there or is there a warm pocket? I must admit, I don't know enough about these arrows. I've only ever caught them offshore. I've only ever seen them offshore. What, what does that mean as far as what's happening in the bay? Is it holding cold or do they sit in the warm pockets? Well, I always thought they were a bit of a warm water and, and an indicator back in the early days that the makos would come behind them. You know, they would follow and uh, obviously have a bit of a chew on the arrowhead squid schools. Now, um, to, to get them in the same place two weeks in a row, says to, and quite a few, says to me there's quite a lot in the bay around that area. So, um, Adam, but... I'm telling you, there's no heat wave in the bay right now. You know, it's the, the the temperature rise in the bay. It came up a little bit. It's stalled, you know. So whether we get some more warm currents in the next week or two, which you'd hope you would, I would have hoped that, you know, now getting into, you know, the first, second week of September, I would have hoped for a 15 by now. You know, I would have hoped for a 16 by the end of the end of the um, month and certainly into 17 and 18 in October. That's what you'd expect. So, uh, it will only change. It doesn't change with air temperature. Like, like yeah, that's right. You know, it's it's all about warm currents. So uh, hopefully, there's some warm currents to come, and uh, that changes the fishing. The snapper come on the chew. All right. Very shortly, we head to the mayor of Sale, Brett Geddes. He's down at Gippsland, and he's next on Talking Fishing.
Marine safety regulations have changed. There are new rules for boaters in Victoria, including new alternatives to pyrotechnic flares for boaters on enclosed waters. New minimum requirements for marine radios. This means 27 megahertz radios are not accepted on coastal waters. And in situations where children are always required to wear life jackets, the age limit has changed from under 10 years old to under 12 years old. Boating with children under 12 years old is now considered to be boating alone. Changes to rules around passengers being on board when fueling vessels. Marine licences can now be issued for either one or five years and only life jackets that meet Australian standards can be worn from the 1st of July 2028. See all the changes at transportsafety.vic.gov.au. This time of the morning, we head down to royalty. The mayor, well, I, I, I call him royalty, the mayor of Sale. He's down at the beautiful part of Sale on the Gippsland Lakes, and uh, he is the king of Gippsland Lakes. Brett Geddes, very good morning to you. Good morning, Adam and Dave. Uh, yeah, look, it's been a big week in Gippy fishing. It's been real big. <laughs> I'm going to start with a bass. Zane Dowdle caught a wild 51 centimetre bass in the Latrobe River. And and I point that out as being wild because at that size, Dave, I reckon that fish is 20, 25 plus years old. And that's pre-stocking and just a beautiful fish caught and released. I was saying it does not get a better, Adam does it in the holy grail of wild stream bass. I think that's, that's up there. Yeah, that's right. And for, the, and for everyone listening out there, 50 centimetres for a bass is, that's where you hit trophy stage. Anything over 50 is a dream fish. They're not easy to catch. And even if you do manage to hook one, they're not easy to get in. One pound for pound, one of the hardest fighting fish we get here in Victoria, especially in the estuary systems, Brett. 51 is a monster. I'm just looking at 51 centimetres. That's a big fish. That's, and even trying to comprehend the length, the girth on these things once they hit that size too, that'd be that would have been like one of the most unbelievable looking footballs you've ever seen. I, I guesstimate um, easy two kg. Um, mm, easy, yeah, uh, because it's catch and release. So, I mean, we look after these big trophies and they go back, so we don't weigh them and quick pitches and oh, but I, I had to bring that up first. Wouldn't wouldn't you love to just uh, knock an earbone out and then put it back and release it? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> just, just count the rings and see how old it is. It'd, be, it'd have to be an old fish. Yeah, oh, have to be. And, and while we're on streams, I'll um, nice segue to the trout opening. And um, I've got quite a few reports. Things are looking really well. And, and Adam, you flagged this last week too, saying that Victoria really is in the grip of trout mania, and I, I have to agree with that. Because uh, yeah, my good buddy Mick and Ned from Terrelgan, he went and fished the McAllister River uh, up at La Cola, and he always fishes opening. Uh, he took his granddaughter, Sabella, and I mentioned her because she caught her first beautiful brown trout at 34 centimetres. But between the two of them, they got 15 cracking brown trout. And I know that McAllister pretty well, I fly fished it a fair bit, and that's a really good session. It was on bait, and I tell you, it does not get better for an opening. Um, and they would have dropped and missed a few. I haven't had a good chance to talk to Mick, but that one standout report alone tells me that Gippy is really going well for trout. 
another quick one. That's right. Just come to memory. Trelgan Creek and and uh, Reece Smith. He, he said, I only got two, but the footprints on the creek and the traffic, he said, oh, man, there's a lot of people out there chasing trout. So I'll, I'll have more on this in the coming weeks. So I'm really rapt to see the trout fire up. I'm going to get a big wind-up, and so I better move on quickly because I wanted to tell you about Painesville. Uh, me and the lovely bride, another couple of days down there, we caught up with friends, and I get to walk the jetties, as I always say, on the shortened leash. but adam i looked sideways quickly and it was good weather so i flew out the door and i went and walked the jetties and i found in the canals i'm not sure whether you're familiar with this dave you got the the actual uh jetties where you fish out and like right in town there in in, but where we stay is in the canals at the back uh these are man-made and they're like six eight foot deep and the brim that was swimming around it it blew me away. I, I know I often talk about how I see a lot of fish swimming there, but the water was crystal clear. I got three only. Um, they were about oh, 28 to 30, but I got trapped, smoked by something huge that I just couldn't turn. <laughs> and that, well, well, that sucked me into getting in trouble because I spent another two hours out there and uh, I rushed <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just maybe in the nick of time, but... Uh, I so wanted to keep going. I could see so many big broom. And then it rained overnight and the whole water dirtied up. So that's more lot. That's like, that's fishing. It is fishing. Isn't, isn't Painesville. And I know it's, you know, it's developed over the years from probably when I first started going, there would have been 40 years ago, at least. What a stunning part of the world. Oh, and very popular, Dave. There's lots of people. Even out of season, it wasn't holiday. So that was fantastic to see big and little fish. They weren't all big, but there were, a lot yep. of big fish. And last up, quick shout out to six Aussie anglers right now in China competing for, I reckon it's like 40,000 American. Six anglers, lure fishers, and there's two comps over there. They catch these small fish. I'll, I'll have more on this next week because I know I'm running out of time. But good luck, guys. I know today's the day. Uh, um, it's a big thing. When they go to the opening ceremony, there's like 20,000 people there. It's like, well, not MCG-like, but... Yeah, sort of get what I'm saying. It's huge over there. So um, go the Aussie boys. Yeah, Brett, you've you've still got about a minute and a half to go. And I'm so unbelievably intrigued by these world champs. What are they fishing for? Yeah, this is, I just looked it up this morning. I looked up and I thought, oh, I better find out what those fish are called. Oh, they've got names all right, but it's all Chinese plastered. <laughs> oh, okay. So so it's a really localised sort of thing over there. It's a big, obviously, it's a big event. It's a big deal, but it's not oh. like these world-renowned species that we're all used to seeing from all over the world. Now, these things are like 30, 35 centimetres, and I got talking to a few of the boys before they went, and they said they're cross between like a tailor and a, uh, it's hard to describe, um, like a little dewy sort of. I've seen the pictures of them in there. Yeah. Yeah, and they do grab lures pretty readily, but uh, oh, they're fishing 20 and 30 foot of water and they've got jigs. Oh, it's very complicated. But the prize money, wow. So the boys historically do well in China, always have done. So, yeah, more on that that next week. Wow, that's very, very interesting. Hey, Brett, we'll leave it there. Um, Always good to chat with you. And, uh, well, a little bit of a cool patch at the moment, but she gets better next week. And I think we've even got... 23 forecast for next Friday. I don't know many retired blokes who just fish every day, but I know you are one of them. 
<laughs> That'll be me. I'll be out there. I'll have uh, pictures coming. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Good morning. Adam, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, Talking Fishing TV, which we retired in December, has been nominated for an Antenna Award. There's one other fishing show in the category that we're up against. Uh, the host of that show is on next. And let me just say, he's fishing mad. He's next on Talking Fishing. Marine safety regulations have changed. There are new rules for boaters in Victoria, including new alternatives to pyrotechnic flares for boaters on enclosed waters. New minimum requirements for marine radios. This means 27 megahertz radios are not accepted on coastal waters. In situations where children are always required to wear life jackets, the age limit has changed from under 10 years old to under 12 years old. Boating with children under 12 years old is now considered to be boating alone. Changes to rules around passengers being on board when fueling vessels. Marine licences can now be issued for either one or five years. And only life jackets that meet Australian standards can be worn from the 1st of July 2028. See all the changes at transportsafety.vic.gov.au. As I mentioned just before, Talking Fishing TV, which retired in December, is nominated for an Antenna Award for the Best Outdoor or Recreational Program for 2023. Now, this is only the third Antenna Award since 2014 when Talking Fishing started. And I've got to say, uh, Adam, I was pretty confident the last two times and we won the last two times. I'm shaking in my boots. There's only one other fishing program in this category for best outdoor or recreational program. And we're up also against Off the Couch with Ethan, two blokes and a motorbike, the feel-good family, Beta Burwood 40 years, none of them are going to hope in hell. Talk, <laughs> talking fishing, I would say, is the second favourite at seven to one. Nine to two favourite, this bloke is fishing mad. It's a very good morning to you, Alan Benici. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. And uh, yeah, the new show is in town, guys. So uh, <laughs> gotta gotta love a bit of a friendly rivalry, but um, it's great to have you guys on there. And uh, yeah, good to be nominated as well. So. Well, congratulations on the nomination too. And uh, seriously, we have had our turn and I won't be disappointed uh, if, if you win it, mate, and, and, and deservedly so. I think we get more mail now on Fishing Mad than we do about Talking Fishing TV. And we get a bit of mail still through the radio program. So many people say, when are you getting Alan on the show? And I tell you what, we've done it. You're on. It's, uh, it's a really good, really good thing to have you on the program. No, awesome. It's great to be here. And uh, tell me though, quick technicality, how do you, you guys do a lot of your recording indoors, don't you? Hasn't that been the go the last couple of years of the show? So how do you, how do you win an outdoor show? You, you're exactly right. In fact, every single one of the 205 episodes was recorded in a studio. So, I'm trying to think uh, I want to get up on this, but that was the first thing to come to mind. So, yeah. It must be the recreational program part of it, uh, Al, I'll tell you. So, uh, no, we're, we're pretty happy to be nominated too, but um, we've, we've retired. We've kicked back, you know, and uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's all yours, mate. It's all yours. Hey, now I want to talk fishing. Let's talk about your fishing. So, um, you do get out and about. You're out, in fact, every single week and you're making some great television. You are very, very popular on Channel 31 with your Fishing Mad program. Where have you been this week? Mate, I've been everywhere the last probably couple of months, but this week in particular, um, and, and it's an exciting time for fishing at the moment because obviously we've been through a bit of that winter slog. The weather's on the improve now. And you know, I guess we're kind of moving into that prime fishing window, which is really awesome. So you know, after a tough winter, we're pretty excited again. But 
Look, the last two or three weeks, um, I've spent a lot of time working on the Metro Stonkers with the BFA, which has been absolutely fantastic. So I think there's a couple of key things I'll cover today. So we'll, we'll touch on the Metro Stonkers. I think we've got to touch on early season snapper because we've seen some amazing thing over the last week or two. And then I'll touch locally on some of the stuff that I've been doing on the Barwon River. But just focusing on those Metro Stonkers. Um, so I had the pleasure about oh, probably about a week ago, uh, we put 120 of very, very large rainbow-sized trout into Albert Park Lake. Um, and that was a bit of a thrill. So obviously the VFA truck rocked up from uh, Snobs Creek and, you know, we pretty much put all these big trout in one by one. So that was an awesome experience. Um, so we, there was a 1,000 stonker-sized trout across 16 metro lakes across Melbourne. And we're talking places like Albert Park Lake and Yarrambate Lake and Lilydale Lakes. So they're probably the three bigger ones. Um, and then obviously I kind of shifted gears after that. So I went from helping and assisting getting these fish into these awesome metro systems and then shifted gears and went into fishing for them. And that was a lot of fun. So um, caught a handful of them at places like Karkaroo Park, uh, Yarrambat Lake. We've got a few land-based, a couple at Albert Park Lake. Um, so that's been really awesome. We've seen lots of families and kids and everything out there really getting stuck into them. And I guess that's what this program's all about, to become you know, more of an annual thing, a little bit like the Eildon Fishing Festival now. And I think obviously what they're trying to do is make fishing a lot more accessible to families and kids um, in areas that are a lot closer so that way you don't have to travel two or three hours to go and catch a really big impressive sized fish. So um, in terms of the fishing front, look, I've caught a lot of them. The standout really has been things like shallow diving hard body lures. So anything, your sort of 70 millimetre profile in shiny colours like your golds and your silvers have been an absolute standout and definitely your long casting spoons, especially if you can get the slow sinking ones. Um, especially land-based fishing. Obviously, a lot of this is targeted at land-based fishing. So if you've got something nice and big and heavy that you can cast a mile and just work back at a nice medium pace, uh, that's definitely accounting for quite a few good fish. Um, now, obviously, these, these fish do get fished out pretty quickly, so you've got to get onto them ASAP. Um, so that's that's been really, really awesome, and it's great to see a lot of excitement generated around that. So we've been heavily involved in that. Um, and then that probably takes us to early season snapper, guys. And I guess probably about two weeks ago, we're starting to see that water temperature rise. And as soon as you see that, you know, once we start embarking up around that sort of 13 degrees, we start to see some really early season reds being caught at, particularly at Western Port. We probably won't see that probably for another, I'd say probably four or five weeks of Port Phillip Bay. But um, a lot of the action's happening up in the top end. So... We've been fishing areas from sort of Coronella through to Lang Lang and maybe a little bit further up to like Bouch's Channel and these sort of places. Um, hey Al, this is all in a kayak too, isn't it, by the way? No, a little bit of everything. So, you... look, okay. um, look a, a lot of the local stuff, So, uh, and what I'll touch on in a minute, so definitely on the Barwon River and that we've been doing all on the kayak. A lot of stuff in Port La Bay has been on the kayak. Western Port's a tough place to fish on the kayak just because it's so tidal. Um, so the majority of the snapper fishing we've done has been out on a boat with a, a good mate of mine. So, uh, okay. yeah, like even anchoring up and things like that, it's actually a real challenge in some spots in, in Western Port. You really got to pick your spots. And um, I've got a couple of mates that kayak fish up around Lang Lang all the time. But uh, you got to very, very carefully plan the tides and everything with your day. But, um, but yeah, look, look, at this stage, guys, we're seeing, you know, definitely shallower waters is absolutely the key. Most of these big size fish have been caught in sub five metres water. Um, and just small baits and smaller hooks. So we've just been running things as small as three O's and four O's at the moment, small strips of squid and uh, definitely fresh squid, sorry, fresh bait is probably the key at the moment. So if you can go and catch, 
yourself a you know a couple of squid or some salmon before you start your snapper fishing, then uh, that's been really really key to to sort of getting some good catches and on the on those tide changes. But um, that's just been irresistible over the last probably two or three weeks, and I reckon that's only going to get better and better over the next three or four weeks, guys. And then, as I said. Port Phillip Bay won't be too, too far ahead. We usually find that, you know, because of water temperatures and everything else, it's a little bit behind. And the only other thing that I've been doing locally, guys, which has been an absolute treat, has been targeting Silver Trevally on the Barwon River. So um, we've been fishing stretches pretty much from the mouth all the way through to about Barwon Heads Bridge. Um, and this is definitely on the kayak. So this is the finesse gear. So you might bring a one or three kilo rod or a two to four kilo rod. Uh, we're just using things like Z-Man grubs and a one-twelfth of an ounce jig head. And uh, I tell you what, pound for pound, these fish, they fight as hard as anything, I think, in our local waters. And uh, when you catch these fish on the finesse gear, geez, it's a lot of fun. So we've been spending probably a week or two just really targeting those, moving up and down the system. Um, it's been an absolute ball, guys. And uh, that'll be right up your alley, Adam. I reckon you're you're, a, you're an avid kayak. I reckon uh, you'd love to get into the uh, the Silver Trevally action as well, mate. Well, well, Alan, I just want to say it's unreal to have someone on this program that fishes out of a kayak because I normally cop it off all these flogs getting into me over the oh, last few Adam, years. I, there was a time in my life where I used to encourage people in a kayak to go out of Western Port. So, no, nah, the tide will be right. You'll be right. You know? <laughs> they end up at Cape Shack. You know, that was the encouraging uh, yeah, anyway, go on. I've seen you cop it over the years, Adam. Yeah. So, <laughs> Mate, it's, it's fantastic to have an ally on the program, but I am going to give you... I am going to give you a project for next week because I don't know anything about the Barwon River. The research I've done on it says that it should be one of the premier fish catching estuaries around Port Phillip Bay. I want to get a little bit of a Barwon River general wrap up from you next week mm. because it's a very interesting system. There's a lot of variety of species in it. And they can be quite difficult to catch. So I'd love to get stuck into the barn with you, Alan, next week. I think that'd be super interesting. And more importantly, I'm going to throw the kayak on the roof, give the finger to these flogs, and I'll come and meet you down the barn <laughs> and we'll go for a paddle together. How does that sound? Mate, you'll have to join us. And uh, and look, for sure what you're saying, like it's, it's surprisingly such a diverse fishery. And, it, you know, obviously from the mouth, you can move quite a fair way up. But the species that you can target, you know, literally within kilometres of each other is so vastly different. So in that entrance, you know, as I said, we've been targeting Big Trevally. But as you move your way up the system, um, yeah, there's some wonderful fish and, yeah, really big variety of stuff. And we've had a lot of fun over the years fishing on there. So, yeah, I can absolutely deep dive into that next week, guys, if you'd like to. So, yeah. Now, what's coming up Tuesday night? Your Tuesday night, 8.30 time slot, am I right? 8.30, 8.30 now, yeah. So, um which is good. Look, the show's been rating really well. But, um, yeah, look, funny enough, this week is, is exactly that. So we're, we've highlighted, mate, we're actually on the Barwon River. We're targeting this new Trevally. And um, what I did in this particular episode was a little bit different is we're on a Hobie Lynx, which is uh, a brand-new kayak into the market. And what's a bit unique about it is most of the kayaks, your higher-end ones, they sort of weigh you know, anything from sort of 40 to about 55 kilos. Um, this thing weighs 20 kilos. So it's a bit like a toy. It's like wow. a standard paddleboard. Um, but the stability on this thing is absolutely amazing. But it's really funny when you catch a decent fish because the kayak is so lightweight, they just tow you around all over the place. So you've got no control over the fish at all when you catch them. Um, but lots of fun. So that's what features on the show. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, that, that'll uh, people will you know really enjoy watching that. So yeah. 
20 kilos. That would go well in a raging tide in Western Port. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We look forward to talking uh, a bit more about Barwon. I did cross over it a few weeks ago. In fact, it was probably about a month ago now. And, and uh, I thought, gee, I'd love to get my tinny on that. Let's talk about that next week. I don't want to hear any more about that. But uh, Fishing Mad Tuesday, Channel 31, which is actually Channel 44, on your digital TV, Fishing Mad. Uh, great time slot, that Tuesday, 8.30. Um, perfect timing for you. You've had your dinner. It's not too late before you go to bed and uh, just settle back and watch a, a bit of uh, Fishing Mad. Alan, appreciate your time. First program uh, that you've done with us, and I reckon we'll have you back next week. No, pleasure to chat, guys. I look forward to it. Alan Bonici, he is the host of Fishing Mad on Channel 31. Adam, uh, little systems like that, they're, they are exciting. And I know you go down to uh, Tarwin, which is another little system. Inverloch, that's another little system. There's plenty of them. And yet I'm not sure the average person that perhaps fishes Western Port or Port Phillip goes and visits some of those places often enough. If the Trevally are running there, you know, most people travel to Lake Tyres when the big Trevally are running. So why not go to Barwon? It's a hell of a lot closer. Yeah, it is. And these systems are really interesting because they can be, they can take a little bit of time to work out, but the mm. fishing options and the diversity, whether it be in a boat or a kayak or even land-based bait or lure, they do all offer something exciting. We just don't talk about them enough. But David, it, it's just another feather in the cap of Victorian fishing. There is a lot to do. There's so little yeah. time to do it. And when we've got things like uh, a massive trout opening, barrel bluefin out the front, we're on the cusp for snapper season, the big breeding calamari will come in soon. And then we move into King George Whiting. We got kingfish sprinkled in as well. It's no yep. wonder we run out of time to talk about these things. Absolutely. No, it's all good. Uh, we'll leave that one there. We're coming up very shortly. Luke Anetta, he's a commercial fisher down at Corner Inlet. We're going to talk to him next on Talking Fishing. Jarvis Walker's new Water Snake Geospot GPS bow mount electric motor turns Aussie trailer boats into fishing weapons. The 12 volt system with GPS lock, remote control, and save tracks function is second to none. Check them out at watersnake.com.au. Marine safety regulations have changed. There are new rules for boaters in Victoria, including new alternatives to pyrotechnic flares for boaters on enclosed waters. New minimum requirements for marine radios. This means 27 megahertz radios are not accepted on coastal waters. In situations where children are always required to wear life jackets, the age limit has changed from under 10 years old to under 12 years old. Boating with children under 12 years old is now considered to be boating alone. Changes to rules around passengers being on board when fueling vessels. Marine licenses can now be issued for either one or five years. And only life jackets that meet Australian standards can be worn from the 1st of July 2028. See all the changes at transportsafety.vic.gov.au. Welcome back to Talking Fishing. This time of the morning, we always head down to Corner Inlet. It's right next door to Wilson's Promontory. It's paradise. And there's a beautiful estuary system down there with a number of commercial fishers. One of them is Luke Anetta. It's a very good morning to you, Luke. Good morning, guys. Uh, exciting time of the year, although... Uh, little bit of cool weather again um we get a touch of spring and then a touch of winter again but certainly on the good days you must be starting to enjoy your fishing uh mate that's uh a touch of uh spring and a touch of winter and a touch of summer and it's all in one day down here at the moment. <laughs> so, uh this week's been yeah one of the weeks where it's you wake up and it's a beautiful day and then by lunchtime it's a blizzard so the, the fish is slowly improving um it's 
uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle the last couple of weeks, but there's a few garfish getting around and a few whiting and the odd calamari being jigged and caught in the net. So, yeah, it's slowly improving. I think there's some snapper being caught out the front as well. So it won't be long and they'll be in and, and uh, being chased around Corner Inlet. Look, earlier in the program, Dave and I were having a discussion about arrow squid and how many have been sitting in around Portsea and Port Phillip Bay at the moment. Do you encounter many of those in the nets? No, we really don't. Look, we, we do get the odd one in the in the net, but you don't get, you know, it's not like you get a box of arrow squid or anything like that. Um, I wouldn't mind if they do turn up, that's for sure. But um, we don't get that many. You just get the odd one every now and again. What about cuttlefish? I've never asked you that. Do you ever get a cuttlefish in the net? Yeah, we do get we do get cuttlefish every now and again. Um, once again, not not something that we get a lot of. I know, um, you know, in, in years that I did spend down near uh, Port Phillip Bay, we used to catch quite a few down there. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we we do get some down here. And normally, when we get them, they're pretty big. But oh, you know, I haven't seen one for twelve months. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, during the week, I saw some social media posts from one of the big fresh fish shops down here, and they seriously had some extra, extra, extra large garfish, the size of cricket bats almost. Are you seeing any of those real big ones in your nets? Yeah, we are, we are seeing some big ones. Actually, there's some some really nice-sized garfish getting around. The, even the, even the, the medium ones are sort of a nice size medium gar down here at the moment. Um, but yeah, the, the large ones are all the XLs as we call them. They're, they're really big at the moment. So uh, they are floating about. That's for sure. I've been getting them into restaurants and they're loving them actually. So that's good. Yeah. That's what I was going to, going to ask you, Luke, do the restaurants prefer those bigger ones? I know generally speaking, when they're trying to get locally caught fish, they're within that plate size, which makes sense. Do they get all up and about for those real big gars? I've got some places that like the medium ones and some places that like the large ones. Um, you know, even the small ones, places, uh, you know, some restaurants will use the small ones as well, but it's uh, just a little bit more fiddly and a bit more stuffing around processing them. So the, the big ones are certainly, you know, the places like Hazel and, and Oh My and Beaconsfield and even Hoggett's uh, Winery down in Warrigal, they, they've been using the large gars, the, the really nice size ones. So, you know, they're really happy with them and it makes life a little bit easier when you've got the great big ones. I remember uh, a very good friend of ours, John Soldatus. He used to be the former prime minister of Greece and now he's a, a bait uh, supplier and uh, true story that too. Uh, and he used to get some garfish with that, that were that big that you could fillet them. And I tell you, you do a fillet of garfish in panko breadcrumbs and I, I will say that is better than a King George Whiting fillet. If they're that big that you can get a fillet off them, they are to die for. I completely agree. I absolutely love uh, eating garfish and the great big ones. I, I do them in batter. I do them in panko breadcrumb. I just do them in flour and they are, you know, they're fantastic. They are a beautiful eating fish and, a lot of people get scared off by the bones that come with garfish, but when you get them big ones and you're filling them off, yeah, you're dead right. They are about as good at eating fish as you'll come across. A uh, couple of species I want to ask you about. Flounder 1, Trevally 2. Are you getting any of either of those? Oh, I had a sprinkling of Trevally during the week. Um, not not at big sizes to them, but, uh, well, actually, we picked out 
some bigger ones, but then there was quite a few undersized ones in amongst it. But um, yeah, just a, just a handful. Normally during the winter we'd do we'd see a load or two of of um, silver trevally around, uh, but uh, has been a little bit quiet for them this this winter. But yeah, starting to see some now. The flounder as well, uh, starting to. I've noticed that we're starting to catch a few more on different different areas, and then as you get towards the sand and the broken broadleaf, and you know the shorter broadleaf, yeah, we're certainly getting some flounders now. So it won't be long, and I'll be sending quite a few of them into restaurants again as well. Look, I had a pleasant surprise during the week. I was digging through the freezer at home and found a couple of rock flathead fillets, and it reminded me just how bloody good those things are to eat. You're still getting a few of them in the nets? Yeah, we are getting a few of them in the nets. Uh, there's some great uh, some great big ones starting to float about now as well. I, I had the mesh nets out uh, to chase some rock flathead the other night and uh, the wind came away and I didn't get as many rock flathead as I liked, but I, I loaded up with some brown and green slubby weeds. So they're a little bit, <laughs> they're a bit hard to go and choose. And, and believe me, that's painful. You, you think it's bad wrapping around a fishing line. Well, it's really bad when you get it in a net. So um, they're difficult to chase at the moment in some places, especially when it's really blowing and the tide's running hard. So we had some big tide off during the night and some big tides up during the, uh, you know, sort of for high water. So it made that tide really run and that brown, green, slubby stuff was just floating in the tide. So... Yeah, the rock flatheads were a little bit difficult to get this week, but at the same time, it's it's the right time of year to start to start really seeing them. We've got to find somewhere where you can get rock flathead. Uh, I haven't had a feed of that for quite some time, and I tell you, you're just sort of making my taste buds just dribble a little bit here, Adam. And it, it's the best uh, flathead. It's, it, it is. It's the not best. even close, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is a good thing. Hey, Luke. Uh, we always appreciate time. Every week you join us on the radio and. Uh, Saturday morning, you get up and tell us how it is. And uh, you're doing a great job down there. Lots of fish going to the markets, the restaurants for mum and dads and families that can't go fishing or don't want to go fishing. So appreciate your time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me as always. Luke Anetta, he's from Corner Inlet, commercial fisher. Uh, always excites me to hear what uh, what is going on in the nets down there. And I think those uh, those garfish I was talking about, Adam, I think they were from Flinders Island or Tasmania, one very you know, close by. But um, but boy, were they big, you know, and, and you just can't you just can't describe how good they are if you get those big ones and they actually fill at them. It's it is it is amazing. And um, I don't think I eat as, as much fish as I'd like to in winter, but summer's always that, you know, do a salad do a bit of fish in panko. It's it's getting into that time of year where we want to cook some more fish. Did you imagine we had a run of that size garfish oh. along the morning to Peninsula and you can go and sit down off Blair Gary Pier and catch garfish that pull drag and have the best feed of your life? It's actually amazing that, it, I mean, it's really not that far away corner inlet that they no. get them there, but we just don't see that size in Port Phillip Bay. Imagine that was swimming around there. That'd be unreal. You kind of need those oceanic waters and I think a bit, a bit of um, structure, you know, whether, yeah. whether it's uh, seaweed or seagrass, rocky bottom. They yeah. love that sort of structure, but in oceanic waters. That oceanic know, so... tide, I think, is probably the big thing. 
Yeah, and not not on a surf beach, you know. So yes, it's, yeah. it's kind of a unique habitat that the garfish do love, though, particularly those big ones, and lots around Flinders Island, lots around Tasmania. But anyway, we're getting the wind-up ads, as always. Great for you to, to join us this morning. That's the end of the program. Hope you enjoyed it. If you missed anything, this program will shortly be available on podcast on your station's website. Just scroll down to the latest podcasts. Until we speak to you again next Saturday morning on Talking Fishing, please stay safe on the water and enjoy your fishing.